Andy, I'm the lead pastor here at Lakeview Church, and I get to open scripture with you this morning. Uh, If you'll grab your Bibles and find Proverbs chapter 5, we are concluding a series, a short series through Proverbs. We started it uh, first Sunday in 2019 called Wisdom for the New Year, and so uh, we've preached through that uh, four weeks in Proverbs, uh, the last four Sundays, and uh, today is the last one, and then we'll be switching gears and doing something a little different, but we'll hit Proverbs again before uh, too long, <laughs> so don't, if you've been enjoying Proverbs, don't, don't fret. Um, as you're finding Proverbs chapter 5, the, the subject today is, is about marriage, and um, we do have age-appropriate programming for kids, and we've already dismissed most of them. I know that some of you parents like to keep your kids up here during the service, and that's totally fine. We encourage that as well. I do want to give you a little disclaimer. Today's sermon will be rated PG-13, so I'm not going to be any worse than PG-13. Uh, uh, I don't think that's super appropriate for Sunday morning, uh, maybe like a men's Bible study or something, but uh, <clears throat> just kidding. That was a joke. Um, but today will be PG-13, so uh, it is talking about some pretty heavy subjects, adultery and marriage and, and things like that. So if you are not super comfortable with your kids staying in here, uh, if you haven't sent them down uh, and you want to go ahead and send them down, that's fine. I would encourage you to do that in the next few minutes before we get too deep into uh, this subject. Uh, but we are talking about marriage, and I will say this too. If you're here and you're not married, don't just turn your brain off uh, because what this proverb teaches is just as applicable to single people as it is to married people. It's really talking about purity and it's talking about protecting yourself, protecting specifically protecting your marriage, but it it can be easily applied to a single person who wants to walk in purity and faithfulness before the Lord. Because the Bible defines and, the, and describes uh, sex as being something that is to be enjoyed in the context of marriage, only marriage. Any and all sex outside of marriage is a sin according to the Bible. And so if you're single, it's a sin to have sex with your boyfriend or with your girlfriend before you're married. If you're single and you want to do things God's way, there's much that you can gain from Proverbs chapter 5. Just like if you're married and you want to protect your marriage, there is much to be gained from Proverbs chapter 5. So I think this applies across the board. Uh, Let's just think about marriage for a moment. Marriage is kind of uh, out of vogue in our society. It's less popular, uh, less, fewer people are getting married now than, be, than ever before. Uh, the divorce rate uh, uh, in our society, about 50% of all marriages end in divorce. So half will fail. Um, and more and more people are choosing to live together rather than get married. Uh, and that's just something that's happening in our society because marriage is uh, sort of, coming out of style in our society. Uh, and, and what's worse, to, to end a marriage is becoming increasingly um, acceptable in our society, particularly um, divorce uh, as a result of adultery. In our country, people tend to think that marriage is about me being happy. 
So I marry the person who makes me feel happy. And if that person doesn't make me feel happy anymore, then I have a right to find someone who does make me feel happy. Because marriage is all about me. And it's all about my needs being met and all about me being uh, satiated and happy and, and all that. And so and that's the way we look at marriage. And so in our society, if somebody is ma- happily married, but then things change, seasons of life change, whatever, and they don't find that their spouse is making them happy, we almost, it, it's almost become excusable and acceptable to, to step out, to sneak around, to find somebody else, to end your marriage relationship and pursue someone else. You know, we, we say you've fallen out of love. That's a real common saying. Marriage is just sort of like not all that common, not all that popular, and adultery is becoming more and more and more of an epidemic in marriage. And adultery is not just a major problem in our society. Adultery is a major problem in the church, in Christianity, Uh, especially if we think of Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. Here's what Jesus said. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. See, Jesus redefined adultery from the actual act of having sex with somebody who's not your spouse to looking at somebody who's not your spouse lustfully to pursuing, fantasizing, uh, uh, lusting, whatever, uh, over somebody who you're not married to, somebody other than your husband or other than your wife. And Jesus says, nope, that is already adultery. And if we think about it, pornography then is adultery. And pornography is is an epidemic, not just in our society, but in the church. Here are just a few statistics about pornography. Um, Americans spend more money each year on pornography than we do on professional football, basketball, and baseball combined. Combined. More year, more money each year. That is scary. Uh, here's another one. It's not, just a, it's not just a male issue. Over 90% of men have viewed pornography in the last month, and 33% of women view pornography at least once a week. It's not just a male issue. It clearly is an issue for men. But one out of three women view pornography at least once a week in our society. It is horrific. Uh, Here's another one. In the United States, the average age a child is first exposed to porn is 11. 11. If you haven't had the talk (laughs) with your 10-year-old, it might be time to do that. Actually, let parents make that decision for themselves. But... You just need to know 11 is the average age a child is first exposed to porn. Uh, men who view pornography regularly are more likely to show an increased behavioral intent to rape. There have been many, many studies done that show a direct correlation between pornography and sexual violence. And it's just, it's widely known and it's widely studied, but it is not widely talked about. And here's the last one. Uh, Married couples who watch porn increase their risk of divorce by 200%. So pornography is an epidemic in our society, in Christianity, in our churches, and as Jesus himself said, pornography is adultery. So when we're talking about adultery in Proverbs chapter 5, we're not just talking about fooling around with somebody else. 
we're also talking about lusting after somebody else, specifically in things like porn. The question I have is, what are you doing? What are you doing specifically to safeguard yourself, to safeguard your marriage against adultery and against pornography? How are you protecting yourself? How are you protecting your family? How are you protecting your marriage? Are you being intentional to take steps? Or have you come, become sort of uh, uh, relaxed in your marriage? You know, you've been married for a long time. You've sort of grown comfortable together. And you're not really being intentional to invest in your marriage, to, to go on dates, to spend that time, to, to uh, invest in the romance. Uh, what are you doing? Are, are you safeguarding? Are you putting up boundaries? Are you just kind of uh, wandering aimlessly through your marriage and through your life? Uh, hoping that everything works out. I think Proverbs chapter 5 is going to show us that we need to be intentional. We need to be proactive to guard ourselves and our marriages against adultery and pornography. And I'll say Proverbs is written by King Solomon. King Solomon was King David's son. David was the king who uh, who killed Goliath. You've heard the story of David and Goliath. Uh, and Solomon was David's son, and Solomon is going to write Proverbs 5 about being faithful to, in your marriage, and I think pro- probably no one is more qualified to write about this topic than Solomon. Solomon had a harem that made Hugh Hefner look like an amateur. He had 700 wives, 300 mistresses, and one massive headache. I have a little joke to lighten the topic, right? Solomon had as much sexual pleasure as anyone could ever want, and yet he writes this lesson to his son about being faithful to your wife, being faithful in your marriage. And and there is much for us to learn today. I think in Proverbs chapter 5, we're going to find four principles for protecting your marriage from adultery and porn. Four principles for protecting your marriage from adultery and porn. And here's the first one. Looks can be deceiving. What seems harmless or even good can actually be deadly. Look at Proverbs chapter 5, verse 1. He says, My son... Pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight. Let me just pause there for a moment. Much of Proverbs is written from a man's perspective. It's written by a father teaching his son. That doesn't mean that it's a chauvinistic book or that it doesn't apply to women. Everything in this chapter applies equally to women as it does to men. It just so happens that Solomon was teaching his son. He could have just as easily started this out by saying, my daughter or my child. But he's teaching his son. So he starts out, my son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. The adulterous woman... Some Bible versions translate it the strange woman or the forbidden woman or the foreign woman. The actual translation is the other woman. She's not his wife. She's the other woman. 
And the reason why she's adulterous or forbidden or strange is because she doesn't belong to him. She's not his wife. He needs to be careful in how he's relating to her because she's not his. He doesn't get to think lustful thoughts about her because she doesn't belong to him. She's not his wife. And and so, husbands, you don't get to look at certain parts of other women's bodies because those body parts don't belong to you. They're not your wife. Women, you don't get to fantasize or dream certain thoughts about other men because they don't belong to you. They're not your husband. God says, It's in marriage, and he's counseling his son here to be careful because the adulterous woman looks good, seems harmless, but looks can be deceiving. Verse 4, but in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. She's not thinking about God's plan. She's not thinking about the path of life. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths wander aimlessly, but she does not know it. Now, another way to translate verse 6 is this. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths wander aimlessly, but you do not know it. That's another way to translate it. It's not just that she does not know it, but you do not know it. Son of mine who is fooling around, who is flirting with this other woman, be careful because you may not even realize how deadly and how dangerous this game that you're playing actually is. Looks can be deceiving. What seems harmless, maybe even looks like a good thing, can actually turn out to be deadly and dangerous. And that's what he's teaching. And, and that's an important principle for us if we're going to protect ourselves and our marriages from adultery and pornography. Uh, I'm friends with a pastor, and uh, he, he was telling me a story. Uh, it's been a while back, but several years ago, he, early on in his ministry, he'd only been a pastor for a few years, there was a woman in the church, a young, attractive woman uh, who was good friends with this pastor's wife, and she started talking to the pastor and they started forming a friendship and she was rather flirtatious but this pastor was young and inexperienced and he didn't really know what was going on. I didn't recognize it right away and gradually over time as this woman grew closer to the pastor's family she began to share that she was having trouble in her marriage and her husband didn't come to church and and they just had some problems and her flirting became more and more suggestive over time. And one day she called the pastor and said, uh, do you do marriage counseling? And he said, yes. And she said, well, I would like for you to do marriage counseling for me. And she said, I, I can't come to the church right now, uh, but maybe you could come out to our house and, and do some marriage counseling for us this afternoon. And the pastor, he was telling me that uh, he asked her, so your husband's finally decided to meet with the pastor or somebody and do marriage counseling? And she said, no, my husband's away on a business trip. So the pastor told me, he said, the thing that was most disturbing was this had been, she had been flirtatious and more and more suggestive for months. And he knew what the right thing to do was, but he said, I was afraid because the sinfulness of my heart, I could feel my resolve weakening. And it scared him, as it should. So he called one of his friends who was a deacon in the church, and he said, 
<laughs> I don't know what to do. I feel my resolve weakening. I didn't know that was in my heart. I need somebody to help me, and I need you to pray for me. And his friend prayed for him, and he, he sent him in a text, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 8, which we'll look at in a minute, but it says this, keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. And he prayed, and the pastor was strengthened, and he didn't go near the door of her house. It wasn't long after that 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 woman left their church. But he avoided a very dangerous situation. It, it looked harmless at first, but the way leads to death. Bitter as wormwood, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her paths wander aimlessly, but she or you do not know it. Solomon's teaching his son, looks can be deceiving. And what we can learn from this is to be careful in our relationships, to be careful in our friendships. Statistics show that most adultery does not happen with someone who is more physically attractive than your spouse. Most adultery happens with someone who you have uh, developed a closer emotional connection to than your spouse. And that is the real danger, the hidden danger in our friendships. It's not wrong for a man and a woman who aren't married to be friends, but we need to be careful. We need to be cautious. We need to remember the way of the Lord and the way of life. And I'll just say this, your marriage trumps your friendships every time. Every time. Guys, if you're friends with a woman and your wife is not comfortable with you being friends with that woman, it doesn't matter if your wife is crazy or not. She gets to decide whether you get to be friends with that woman. That's just the way it is. And it, it's vice versa. Your marriage trumps your friendships every time. Looks can be deceiving. The second principle for protecting your marriage against adultery is this, it's better to be wise than strong. It's better to be smart and avoid the sin than to think that you're able to resist the temptation. Look at verse seven. He says, now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Rather than think I'm strong enough to resist the temptation. Isn't it far better to just not even go near the door of her house? If you don't put yourself in a compromising situation, you won't have an opportunity to commit the sin, and the temptation to sin is far less severe. Anybody who has struggled with alcoholism knows this principle very well. A recovering alcoholic would never go hang out in the bar. Why not? Because they're putting themselves in a temptation tempting situation and it's it's much better to be wise than it is to be strong and that's what he's teaching us keep to a path far from her do not go near the door of her house verse 9 lest you lose your honor to others and your dignity to one who is cruel lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich the house of another at the end of your life you will groan when your flesh and body are spent, you will say, how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers or turn my ear to my instructors, and I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. See, what he's saying is it's not worth the cost. 
It's better to be wise than strong because you need to think about what it's going to cost you if you commit adultery, if you fall into sin, if your kids walk in on you while you're looking at pornography on your phone. What are they going to think? How are they going to react? What is it going to cost you? In this day, when Solomon lived, adultery was a very serious offense, punishable by death. If his son was caught fooling around with another woman, he could be killed. He could be executed legally. It, cost, it would cost him everything. Now, we're not executed today for committing adultery, but it costs a lot. Sin wreaks havoc and destroys families. Is it worth the cost? You need to count that cost. It's better to be wise than to be strong. Uh, I do... I do marriages. I'm a pastor. You know, one of my favorite things is to marry people. And so um, one of the things I really like about performing weddings is doing the premarital counseling. And I I just want to share with you about a a young couple that I was doing premarital counseling for. And one of the first things I ask in, in the very first session is, are you guys having sex with each other? Or are you, uh, are you being pure? And, you know, the, we talk about what the Bible's uh, standard is, that sex is for marriage. And, and so I challenge all the couples I do weddings for to, to abstain from having sexual relationships until their wedding night, even if they have previously been sexually active. And so I was talking with this one young couple, and I, I just asked them, are you having sex together? And they said, no. And, they, and, and I said, oh, well, that's great, because that's not usually the answer I hear. Um, and we were talking a little bit more and they said, we understand that uh, it's really hard to walk in purity. And so we've taken really uh, specific steps. We're not alone with each other in certain um, places because we don't want to be tempted. We're, we, uh, we are careful with how we talk to, get, talk to each other on the phone and, and the things that we talk about. We're careful with uh, all of our physical affection because we don't want it to lead somewhere else. And they said, you know, we recognized a few months ago that we were becoming really close and it was getting harder and harder to abstain from falling into sexual sin. So we chose for a time to step away from our relationship and not even to see each other on a consistent basis for several months, but to talk on the phone instead because we wanted to safeguard ourselves and do it God's way. And I was just blown away by this young couple in their early 20s that is following God's plan so wisely. And it was such an inspiration to me and they are saving themselves for their wedding day. And that's phenomenal. They're wise. They recognize their weakness. They know it's better to be wise than strong. And that's what Solomon's talking about in Proverbs 5. Uh, let me just say this. It's, it's really important to put up some boundaries, specifically in the area of pornography. So I use covenant eyes. Here are a few things. I use covenant eyes on my phone, on my computer. Uh, it's a great software. I highly recommend it. Um, Net Nanny is also another one that's, I think, the number one rated porn blocking software. This is worth it even just to protect your kids. But I would encourage you to do these, uh, look into these things. Um, Every Man's Battle is a book that brought me freedom from pornography uh, over 10 years ago. 
when I was a college student. And uh, I think that is a, probably the best book I've read on this subject. I would encourage you to check out these resources. I know we have several copies of Every Man's Battle in our church library. There's also one for women, Every Woman's Battle. There's one for teenagers. Uh, and so it's, it's a great resource. Get an accountability partner. Find somebody safe that you can talk to that will pray for you, that will encourage you. Put up boundaries. It's better to be wise than to be strong. That's the second principle. The third principle for uh, protecting your marriage from pornography, from adultery, is this, to be intoxicated. That doesn't mean my wife's crazy, I need a drink, (laughs) right? To be intoxicated with your spouse, to be intoxicated with your spouse. Uh, Be captivated by the one who said yes to you. Someone uh, told me recently, don't be critical of your wife's choices. You're one of them. (laughs) I thought that was good. If you want to protect your marriage from adultery, from pornography, Solomon says, be intoxicated with your spouse. Look at verse 15. He says, drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. He's using uh, um, an illustration. Should your springs of water overflow in the streets? Let your, your streams of water in the public squares, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Verse 19 is every man's favorite verse. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breasts satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. All the husbands just elbowed their wives and said, see, it's in the Bible. (laughs) Solomon is describing here God's plan for marriage. And in verse 20, he says, why my son be intoxicated with another man's wife? Why embrace the bosom of a wayward woman? God has blessed you with each other why go out in the public square why go out in the streets he's saying be intoxicated enjoy all the benefits of marriage god created sex to be enjoyable so enjoy it partake in all the blessings and all the benefits that marriage provides don't be shy in the bedroom with your spouse be intoxicated be captivated The principle that he's teaching is the more intoxicated you become with your spouse, the less tempting other sources of sexual pleasure will be. If you are filling yourself with your spouse, other sources of sexual temptation will be less tempting because you're intoxicated with the one who said yes to you. Um, Just thinking a, a couple more jokes here. Thinking about prolonging romance and marriage uh the one wife said to her husband have you seen our new neighbors he always kisses his wife when he leaves for work why don't you do that and the husband said how can i i don't even know her (laughs) be intoxicated with your spouse not somebody else right or, or how about the husband who is standing in front of the bathroom mirror admiring his reflection and he says to his wife, uh, will you still love me when I'm old, flabby, and balding? And she says, I do. <laughs> right? It's important 
to keep the romance alive. And it looks different in different seasons of life. When you've been married 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 years, it's different than when you were first. Remember those first couple years of marriage? I love you. Oh, I love you more. No, I love you more. No, I love you more. No, I love you more. You know, you remember all that and that's cute puppy love stuff and, and, and that... It's important to keep the romance alive, even though it looks different in different seasons of life. I would encourage you to start dating again. To, to think about your relationship as dating and all the, and the way that you pursued each other and the way you paid attention to each other and the way you talked to each other when you were dating. And, and how has that changed now that you've been married for some time? Uh, start dating again. Keep the romance alive and keep it in the context of your marriage. Be intoxicated with your spouse. The last principle that Solomon teaches in Proverbs 5 is that remember that God sees everything. Don't forget that God knows what's in your heart and what's in your mind. He sees everything. Verse 21, for your ways are in full view of the Lord and he examines all your paths the evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them the cords of their sins hold them fast for lack of discipline they will die led astray by their own great folly god sees everything there is no secret that we can keep from god he knows what's in your heart he knows what's in your mind he sees when your eyes glance and then look away before you think anybody else has noticed. God noticed. God sees it. God's not surprised by it. He knows everything. And if we want to protect our marriages from adultery and pornography, we need to remember that God knows it all. There's no hiding anything from God. He sees it. But we shouldn't lose hope. If you're someone who struggles with pornography or has struggled with pornography, if you're someone who has committed adultery, don't throw in the towel because many of us in this church have had those same struggles or currently struggle with those things. And every single one of us struggles with sin in some way, even if it's not pornography or adultery. We all struggle with sin. So you're not going to find condemnation at Lakeview Church. Romans 8, 33 through 35 says this, it is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? What's the next sin? Who's the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ. If you have been justified by God the Father, there is no one standing here to condemn you. You can struggle with your sin and you can share and confide in a trusted Christian friend of the same gender about your struggle and you're not going to find condemnation here. We're not a church that looks down our nose on people who sin differently than we do. I sin, you sin. So I'm not going to condemn you. You're not going to condemn me. Instead, we're going to sharpen one another. As Proverbs says, 
As iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. We're going to mutually encourage one another to follow Christ in all things and have victory over sin. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to help one another, specifically in this area that is so difficult. If you're someone who struggles with pornography or who has done struggle with that, if you've committed adultery, if you've sinned in some way, don't give up hope because you're not going to be condemned here. You're going to be encouraged to grow in victory in Christ here. Jesus died the death that all of us should have died. I can't live a perfect life and neither can you, but Jesus did. And he died on the cross to pay for our sins. His blood pays for our sins. So if you you want to have no condemnation, you need to find Christ. You need to surrender your heart and your life to Christ and he will forgive every one of your sins, past, present, and future. He's paid for those sins already. If you will accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you'll confess, I am a sinner, I have turned away from God, I have pursued my own things rather than following God, I have walked my own path, But Lord, I confess my sin and I want to be forgiven. I want to receive your blood to wash away my sins. I want to receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I accept the forgiveness that you purchased for me on the cross. If you will say that, if you will mean that, you can have everlasting life. You will be forgiven. You're not going to be uh, uh, fixed of all your problems immediately. But now God's spirit lives in you and he will empower you to achieve victory one step at a time, one day at a time. And he can do it. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. You just have to accept the gift of God's forgiveness through Jesus' death on the cross. God already knows it all he already sees all the sinfulness and depravity in your heart he saw it before jesus died on the cross and yet jesus still went to the cross knowing how sinful and wicked and depraved we are but he did it because he loves us and because he wants to save us from death it just means we have to accept christ as our savior I'm going to pray in a moment, but let me just summarize these four principles to protect your marriage from pornography, adultery. Looks can be deceiving. It's better to be wise than strong. Be intoxicated with your spouse and remember that God sees everything. So come to Jesus, surrender to him, and let him give you freedom and victory in Christ. Let me pray.